Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. The Supreme Court yesterday ruled that a section of law related to the Sexual Offences Act is unconstitutional. As it stands, Section 3.5 of the Criminal Law Sexual Offences Act provides a defence for the accused charged with defilement of a child under the age of 17 to demonstrate they reasonably believed the complainant was aged over 17. Now, it requires that a person using the defence must prove it on the balance of probability. Now, I don't really understand it too well, but I kind of get the gist of it. But to give us more information, to make a little bit of sense of all this, I'm going to talk to Solicitor Daniel Creeth, and Daniel has an array of experience in many areas, including uh, criminal law, sexual offences, and defamation as well. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening to you, Daniel. How are you? Good Good evening, Niall. I'm good, thanks. Uh, Daniel, th- this seems quite complicated, but it probably isn't. I, I'm assuming it's just if somebody doesn't mention their age and you make a, a reasonable assumption that it gives you some protection in law. Was that essentially what this section was about? Um, I guess, unfortunately, it, it would be would be more uh, complicated than that. Um, I guess if I was to maybe deal with the, the ruling that, that came out yes. today and to maybe explain its significance, I guess before I get into that, Perhaps it might be in ease of your listeners if, if I explained um, what the prosecution would need to prove for an accused person to be convicted of a sexual assault generally, and then that will sort of okay. explain then how, how it will affect this ruling, how it affects certain um, precedents. Be- before, before you do that, by the way, can you explain to me, because I'm always acu- confused by the word defilement, um, because it's it's not a word that's used regularly when we talk about sexual assault. Is there a difference when we talk about sexual assault versus rape versus uh, defilement? Um, I guess to explain, like, the, the offence of rape is different um, to a sexual assault. So, um, to the charge of, for the charge of rape um, to be put proper to someone, there has to be um, either penetration of, of the vagina with, with the penis, that would be rape under Section 2 of the Criminal Law Rape Amendment Act. There is also um, other forms of rape under Section 4 of the 1990 Act where there was, that would relate to digital um, penetration of the vagina, um, the fingers, um, penetration by the object, or um, penetration of the anus by the penis. So that so, so that that there the the charges of rape, sexual assault um, is can be very minor in nature. Um, for instance, if if someone you know rubs uh, another person's breast or or, or even uh, another person's genital area on the outside of clothing, it could be as minor as that. To to more serious sexual assaults where uh, there could be digital penetration of the anus. Um, so so rape, rape is a, a narrower charge compared to sexual assault. Sexual assault deals with a wide range of, of sexual acts. Okay, um, and, and, the, and word, the word defilement, by the way, where does that come into it? Why do they, because you don't hear that word used too often, but you do hear it now and again. So what, what is the word defilement or where does that come into it? Defilement, well, in in relation to even how we would in the legal uh, how we would de- uh, defi- we would use we would refer to sexual assault right. more so than violence. It is 
it is referred to in the legislation, but again, legislation has been has, has been predated, you know, yeah. many many years. So it was just it was more of a an archaic term. But really, right, okay, okay. The, it would be sexual assault would be the. Okay. okay, so to get around to this Section 3.5 of the Criminal Law Sexual Offences Act that provides a defence for accused, uh, the charge of defilement for a reasonable, what they call a reasonable balance of probabilities, a defence that they assumed the person was over the age of 17. So you wanted to give us an example of how that was used yesterday in the Supreme Court case. So where did where did this all come from or where did it start? I guess, like, would, would you would you like me to give your listeners like a practical example? Yes, of where absolutely. An accused person could end up. I guess the first example that would come to mind for me, where this could become an issue, is if a person is on a night out, um, and they they they, they frequent um, a nightclub which is over 18s only, and there is um, security personnel on the door of the nightclub checking for IDs. Um, you go into the nightclub. Um, you 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 meet a person in, in that nightclub. Um, you you go home with them, and then you engage in sexual acts. And then it transpires that that person was actually under the age of seventeen, and as such, under the law, is not capable of giving consent to any uh, act of a sexual nature. That. That is that essentially so to explain the sexual assault. So that is the nature of um, okay. to prove a sexual assault. There has to be physical contact of a sexual nature, and that contact must be made without the consent of the other party. Um, however, the issue is um, a young person under the age of seventeen Can't cannot consent. give consent in in Irish law. And and so I guess my, my example w- with the person in nightclub. That's where this would have posed. Difficulties, you know, someone on a night out in a nightclub meeting a person in a nightclub would that's a practical example of where you would have. Yeah, so a 21 year old lad is out and he meets a girl who he assumes is over 18 because she's in the nightclub in the first place, but turns out she's 16 years of age and her parents would take a case with her to court of statutory rape, I imagine. That's the, the charge that would be. Yes, that's, that, essentially, yes, or even quite, quite, quite simply, like if, if, if there was no sexual intercourse as such, mm. just even a, sexual, a charge of sexual assault or the violence, okay. um, it would, it would, it would come on. So as it stood them. the day before yesterday, um, did that person have a reasonable expectation to have a defence to say, well, I thought she was 18 and I assumed she was 18 because she told me she was and she was in a nightclub. Would that person have a reasonable Well, defense? I guess just the age of consent is 17. So, but, but yes, in, in, in practical terms, if, if you were in the nightclub example, you would assume someone someone is 18. But your question being that, well, did someone have a defence before yesterday, the answer is they did. Um, however, to to rely upon for an accused person to rely upon that defence, the jury had to be convinced on the balance of probabilities that mm-hmm. that defence was reasonable. Um, and where this became an issue is um, under Article Thirty Eight One of the Constitution, an accused person has a right to trial by due course of law, and. Fundamentally, in, in in criminal trials, it is it is the job of the prosecution to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. So, if they bring charges against any person, it's their duty to prove each necessary proof for the charge beyond a reasonable doubt. If the jury have a reasonable doubt in relation to the guilt or the innocence of the accused, they should acquit. They should acquit them. Um, 
but the the issue here was that the the, the accused person who was trying to put forward this defence of mistaken belief as to the age of the other party, they, the jury had to be convinced on the balance of probabilities, i.e. they had to be 51% convinced that the defence, that, that, that the accused had established a defence, rather than them being a, a, under a reasonable doubt that that defence right. was there. Okay. So, so, they, so like the accused basically had to meet a higher evidential or legal, it was a legal threshold um, of proof than they ordinarily would have in any other criminal trial. And that's where it became unconstitutional. an issue with, with yeah. the constitutional. And, and that's why in the High Court, uh, Ms. Justice Stack made the ruling she did. And that's why it was the, the appeal that was brought by the state was unanimously dismissed by all seven judges of the Supreme Court yesterday because it was, it was, it was said that there it was said that there was that there was this higher standard of proof and it was it would be potentially prejudicial to an accused person that there would be a higher chance of because you obviously have a, an assumption of innocence before guilt so it would so in other words you were trying to prove you were innocent rather than prove or then prove you were guilty yes that's also the case as well yes yeah. yes there is something and it there it did was issues with that as well. Mm-hmm. So where does that leave us then going forward? Does that then have problem? Is that problematic then? I suppose. Now uh, let's be clear: these cases would be unusual. I, well, when I say unusual, less likely than you know, uh, you know, your everyday rape case or sexual assault case where somebody has a reasonable defence of age. Um, so they would be less likely to appear in court. These cases would they? Is that place? Absolutely, I'd agree. It would be very much these would be these would be very much set in a narrow set of facts. Mm-hmm. The nightclub example being one, um, I, I, the, the person would, I, I guess, in theory, would have to be a stranger to the to the accused. Yes, because if you had if you knew the person, to that defence would would be extremely difficult, uh, even more. Of course, you, you, you know, yeah. Um, so they would be in. Will it will it change? I I think it will make the job the the jury's job a bit easier. So now, you know, at the start of a of any trial, the the jury or the prosecution explains to the jury that it's 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 their job to to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, in so, other words, if you have any doubt whatsoever that the accused didn't know that she was under the age of seventeen, well, then you must acquit them. So that that's essentially what they're saying. Well, well, yes, and that's and then the whole the whole way through the trial, then they can that that's the that's the threshold they they can that, that yeah. they know they have to be thinking about. Where before they had to be thinking about oh, this specific aspect of the trial had to be proved on the balance of probabilities, but the rest was beyond reasonable doubt. It, 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 I, I would say it, it would be quite confusing for you know mm. twelve members of the public to have to basically balance two separate tests in one in one case. So. Things have been made easier that way. Um, like, this, like the court did say that there is still an evidential burden on any accused person um, relying on this defence. So, i.e., it is up to the accused person to put forward the defence of mm. mistaken belief as to age. That will be, they will have to put that forward. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I guess that might then have, um, because I, the, the next question that your ministers might have is, oh, will there be a lot of appeals going in? I was going to say that. Does that have any effect on current cases or people who are currently behind bars? I mean, will it have any Again, I wouldn't, 
it, I would I guess they wouldn't be able to talk with any individual cases. No, of course not. Just speaking generally, I th- there will be a certain number um, of convicted persons who will be able to lodge an appeal relying on this point of law. However, I guess yeah, in terms of an appeal, the defence would have to have been put forward at trial for it to be relied upon as a ground of appeal for any convicted person. Mm-hmm. So I think that would narrow the scope of... Yeah, there's not, there's not going to be a flood of appeals but, on this particular issue. No, it won't be a flood, yeah. no, it won't be a flood of appeals, no, no. But there, 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 will be, there will be a number, but it will be a small number. And, and just from your own personal view, Daniel, do you, because you've studied law and know a lot more about it than I do, do you think this is a good thing or is this a bad thing? I mean, does this then reduce the chances of conviction by somebody? Because we're always talking about the fact that we have low conviction rates when it comes to rape and sexual assault because they are difficult cases to prove because you're generally relying on the testimony of two people and who is it you believe because there's rarely witnesses. So is this a bad thing for convictions when it comes to rape cases? Um, well, I... They, it wouldn't be, I guess that that would, I wouldn't be for me to to give an opinion on that. I mm-hmm. I think it may it, it makes the jury's job easier in in having to decide guilt or innocence in case of this type. Um, okay. So I, I, I like I think I think it would it, it is beneficial from that point of view. Um, I guess just as well to 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 profit this as well that this will really essentially only relate to. Um, complaints who are 15 and 16, there is separate, a separate section within of the course. legislation dealing with children under under the age of 15, and that's unaffected. So it is a very narrow cohort of people um, yeah. that it would affect. Um, yeah, I like it. As I say, it would just it would make the jury's job easier. Easier, like, absolutely. Like a jury have a difficult. It's very difficult for twelve members of the public dealing with any criminal trial, and to make their job a bit easier is 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 always more beneficial. In Ireland, and of course, but yes, like, it would. So yes, well, seems we're we're talking about it because we were talking about cases there going back about three weeks ago. I think it was in relation to rape cases here in Ireland and the and the age of consent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we were talking about the fact that I suppose, you know, the majority of the population probably lost their virginity at the age of 16. Um, and that would be, there would be nothing unusual about that. People tend to lose their virginity. I think that's the average age for losing your virginity in Ireland at 16 years of age. Um, but where does the law stand? And I remember there was a case going back about seven, eight years ago, we discussed it on the air, of a 16-year-old. Um, <clears throat> or was it a 17-year-old with a 16-year-old in a nightclub in Dublin who had sex in the toilets? And in that particular case, the judge dismissed the case. Um, but I have heard of other cases similar to that where the 17-year-old boy or man um, would have been given a suspended sentence or indeed incarcerated. So where does the law stand on people who are under the age of 17, where both parties are under the age of 17? You know, and, and both close to 17, I suppose. Where does the law stand in Ireland on that? Is there, is there an exception or is that up to the judge's discretion? You know, there is there that, that again that now that 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 is, is is completely separate to to of what the, the ruling today. Yeah. But in in those circumstances, um, the, the the accused person would be relying on the, the Romeo and Juliet defence. That yes, both parties were between the ages of fifteen and seventeen, but there was um, either the accused person, i.e., the boy in in all these situations was either younger or within two years um, mm. of the, the complainant. And now it doesn't stop there because consent is 
not is not, is off the table in these cases because because neither can consent. Can't give consent. It, it has to as well to be. There has to be that. It's it's voluntary. It's a joint. It's it's something both parties want to do. That there can't be any pressure or coercion. It, it's akin to consent, but it's not consent in the legal terms. So that. So that is the defence in that in that particular in those particular scenarios that is the defence and accused would would rely rely upon is is, is the Romeo and Juliet defence is what it's called more colloquially. There there has also been the argument for many many years that Ireland should follow most countries in Europe and reduce the age of consent to sixteen years of age. In the UK, it's sixteen years of age. In many other countries, it's even lower. It's fifteen, I think, in Germany. Um, but do you believe that? I mean, we've gone from twenty one down to eighteen. Um, at one stage, the age of consent was different for people who were homosexual and people there who were heterosexual, but that's changed now and they're both the same. But do you think we'll see a day where th- there has been suggestions in the past that the Irish age of consent should be reduced to 16? Do you th- see that happening in the future? I, I, think it's, I think there's every possibility. Um, as you already pointed out, the age of consent in the UK is is 16 Um mm-hmm. And yes, even younger in, in different parts yeah, of Europe, which is quite concerning, to be honest with you, when you think about fifteen. Yeah. I think I think there would always there would have to be a certain there would, there would have to be a line on. I, I would think, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, look, as as societies evolve, I think societies generally are becoming more liberal in relation to to, to various matters. I mean, you know, we we had a referendum on gay marriage that was passed. We've had a referendum on abortion. I guess society takes steps. So, you know, step by step by step, societies are becoming more liberalised. So, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would not be surprised if, if, if mm-hmm. the age of consent lowered to sixteen. Yeah, I mean, well, like, I suppose it just brings it into line with the rest of Europe, then, doesn't it? Really? Well, it it does. Well, well, I guess yeah. As I say, some countries are lower within Europe, and yeah, we'd be in line with the UK as such. Hmm. Okay, well, well, look, it's very interesting and I know law is a very complicated thing and fair play to you, Daniel, because I don't think I could retain that much information in my head in relation to every piece of legislation and every section of every piece of legislation as well. Um, it, as you say, it probably won't have too much effect on the law going forward or on, because it's a very narrow scope of cases that would come under this type of remit where somebody would have a, a reasonable assumption that a person was under the age, as you said, the balance of probabilities, which would probably only be in a stranger situation, as you said, in a nightclub or a bar where they didn't know the person and also maybe the person lied about their age when they asked them if they did indeed ask um, so listen thank you very much indeed for explaining it Daniel and I appreciate you coming on the air uh, Daniel Creeth thank you very much indeed thanks Brian. thank you Real People Real Opinions Real Talk Radio The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show Niall Boylan